Blog Talk Radio. Welcome in, welcome in. It's the Mike and Mike Show back and better than ever on a cold, well, somewhat cold, I guess you could say mild and and wet night here in the Little Rock metro area. By Michael Carnahan, joined as always by Mike Pettis. Mike, how about that week that we just had in sports? It was definitely controversial, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, to say the least, controversial, confusing, uh... Just need clarity of understanding, man. That's it. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. And, Mike, we're going to hop right into it. I mean, we uh, there's no other place to go but Sunday's action and the biggest game of the year. And I'm going to read you from NFL.com. And this is actually operations.nfl.com. Item one, player going to the ground. It says a player is considered to be going to the ground if he does not remain upright long enough to demonstrate that he is clearly a runner. If a player goes to the ground in the act of catching a pass, with or without contact by an opponent, he must maintain control of the ball until after his initial contact with the ground, whether in the field of play or the end zone. If he loses control of the ball and the ball touches the ground before he regains control, the pass is incomplete. If he regains control prior to the ball touching the ground, the pass is complete. Now, Mike, I need a little bit of a definition here because initial contact in the end of the Steelers-Patriots game Sunday night, I'm screaming at my TV, initial contact the knee was down, secondary contact, the elbow hits, and then finally on that third contact with the round is when the I saw the ball move for the first time. The ball hit the, hit the end zone, hit the ground in the end zone. But this is after first, first and sec, initial and secondary contact and a reach over the plane of the end zone. I think the play should have been over at that point. And Jesse James scores a touchdown, and we don't even have to worry about Ben Roethlisberger throwing an interception two plays later. I I mean, I think that is clear in evidence. And, I mean, it's ridiculous that we're having having to discuss this, in my opinion, because we should be discussing how amazing the two best AFC teams in the conference are head and shoulders above everybody else. But now we're discussing a 
a terrible call by officiating in my in my opinion. My problem is at any level, outside the highest level of football, you know, arguably the best players in the world, best athletes in the world outside the NBA proclaim. It it just should be more transparency and clarity when it comes to that. You can't you can't change the rules every possession, so to speak. You get my point, especially at the highest level. I mean, if 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 the receiver broke the plane, my whole take is it's a touchdown regardless. From that standpoint, how many running backs jump over the pile at the one two yard line? And break the plane, so to speak, and get pushed back, and maybe you know caught the ball after caught the ball after they broke the plane. That in you break that invisible plane, which goes to affinity all the way up, right? It's a touchdown. So I'm really confused at that point. And let me tell you another thing, Mike. What caused this that Calvin Johnson rule? People, Calvin Johnson rule. Look, you know what? You're totally in left field if you're screaming Calvin Johnson rule because. He caught the ball in the end zone, if, if I'm not mistaken, and, you know, I guess didn't actually possess it and threw it down, so to speak. This is a totally different deal because this guy caught the ball, made a football move, broke the plane, I might add, and the ball came out. Once he broke the plane, it should have been a touchdown from that standpoint. And like we talked earlier in pre-show, at worst, it should have been down at the one. So, well, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some of the reactions from around the league, uh, talking about this play and exactly what everybody thought about this league. You know, the uh, head of officiating in this game, uh, or excuse me, the uh, head official in this game, Tony Corrente, explained his announcement. He said the receiver in the end zone did not survive the ground. He, when asked on touched on the touchdown that was called back, what was the review? He said we were inside of two minutes, and in order to have completed a pass, a receiver must survive going to the ground. In this case, he had control of the football, but as but he was going to the ground. As he hit the ground, the ball began to roll and rotate, and the ball hit the ground, and that's the end of it at that point. Okay. Now okay, just going. Okay. Just going with his statement there, I have to disagree. He's already on the ground. His knee is touching the ground. I, 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 can't, I, I can't agree that he was going to the ground when his knee's already on the ground. And Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, he says it sucks honestly. That was a BS call by the refs. The former NFL head of officiating, Dean Blandino, However, he said the rule was correctly applied. He says that's the rule, and it's a bright line, Blandino tweets. He says if you are going to the ground to make the catch, you have to hold on to the ball when you land. He isn't a runner until he completes the catch, so goal line is not a factor. It's an incomplete pass. I'm not saying that wow. the goal line's a factor as much as I'm saying that as much as I'm saying that the knee was down and he survived initial contact with the ground, but does the what? head of officials, does the head of officials in that game or the former head of officiating in the way they explain the decision, change your thoughts at all on this? No, because what you're telling me, you're saying, okay, 99% of the time, <laughs> 
that's, you know, applicable, you know, as far as gauging, you know, where you are as far as down the distance. So 99 yards down the field is applicable, but one ain't, that doesn't make sense. And you're taking you're taking the most important thing, the most important aspect of football, getting to this invisible plane, breaking it so I can score. So that's what I did. So you mean to tell me for the simple fact I made a play and it was it was bang bang, like your coach said. It was a bang bang play. I didn't complete the I broke the plane. You cannot take that out of the equation. You can't I completely agree with you. You, you can't, can't take what, the what, how how he he's he's he he's he's running around the fact here. You're saying okay, this doesn't matter anymore because this is the call I made. That doesn't make sense. This guy broke the plane. I doesn't make it doesn't make sense. At worst, you could have said he made the catch. He made a football move, fell to the end zone, broke the plane. To me, it was a catch run. He fumbled and recovered it. At worst, to me, in any other at any other level, that's what would have happened. And that's sad. That's what really makes it sad. The NBA, the NFL sets the standards for these other smaller amateur leagues, college football, um, 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 your 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 Sertoma leagues, your Optimus leagues, your your Pee Wee leagues, your your NFL youth football leagues. They set the example for those, man. But you don't have clarity on certain things, and you change with each giving possession. And, Mike, it's funny how, I hate to say it, the New England Patriots are always on the good end of these calls. It never fails. Right, and, I mean, that's the thing. That's the crazy thing about this. And if you guys, you know, I'm sure we have some listeners up in New England, Patriots fans, feel free to call in and debate this with me, 347-989-1171. All day, every day, we can spend on this, and I will debate you till I'm blue in the face. Whether I'm a Steeler fan or not, if that had happened to Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, I'll tell you, number it one, it would t- never happen to Rob. Exactly. There's a couple it things about this down. that really now, bother me. Mike, what, let's say ahead. this. Let's say this. That's a great franchise, a model franchise, a hard worker, a great player, so I'm not taking that away from them, but those guys have – being on the winning end of these controversial calls in the last 15, at least 15 years, man, at least maybe 20, and it's ridiculous, man. Because, man, this is it's profounding because this could potentially cost you cost you home field advantage. No, nobody want to go to New England and play in January. Now, if anybody can pull it off, the Steelers, so I don't think it's – as big as a deal as we make it, but still, you want that extra rest. You want that number one seed because that's what you fight for all season. That could have cost the guy a bonus. I mean, it's it's it, it's a it's a trickle down effect from something that should be more transparent, you know, and more. Well, I mean, it, it's just it's it, it's too many holes in that. Well, the goal line don't count this time. Come on, man, you can't say that. That's the most important thing in the game. The score. I completely score. agree with that. The it's that's a bunch the of bang bang plays every game. That that's nuts to me, Mike. It's no clarity in that. It, and people no want to compare that to the play that happened later on that night with Derek Carr fumbling it out of the.
there's a big difference. I think Carr was going out about the two or the one yard line and basically yeah. threw it out the back of the end zone. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a, a fumble into the end zone. Yeah, that's a touchback. And that, that's the right call. I tell you, there was that's something the right even more controversial, though, than that play that you could compare to the Jesse James play. And that's the fact that they used a piece of paper to measure for a first down. That w- that left me scratching my head. That was so primitive for a league that's in the cutting edge of technology. And one of the – it's definitely a Fortune 500 company. Are you kidding me, Mike? Are you kidding me? We're talking about a league that's on the cusp of expanding – over the pond, you know, over the Atlantic Ocean. Are you kidding me? A piece of index paper? And what's funny about it, he folded it, so it was really double-ended. People like, well, it was the index paper. And I'm like, are you kidding me? To me, they gained a millimeter. I mean, that's ridiculous. I hope they never see that again, and I hope that they pull them to the side and say, we might not need to do that. Again, this is not a yeah. league. You know what I mean? Does, that didn't look good. Does Mike, Roger? Not to me. Does Roger it not didn't. have like a phone to each of these stadiums that he can just pick it up and be like right there at the stadium and be like, "Yo, dude, we need to have a talk after this game." Man, I hope he does, or a rep or something to get a hold to to tell him because that is sad NFL, especially since. The NFL is 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 in this is in this new era with all this political stuff going on that they're losing viewership, man. They're losing fans, losing viewership, losing sponsors. So, Mike, it's very important that they get it right, but they continue to drop the ball. I completely agree. I mean, and then two plays later, you look at it, and Ben has the opportunity to either clock the ball. Or throw one last pass. And Ben says, and I quote, Ben says he thinks that, or he was telling everybody, clock, clock, clock. And remember, the quarterback's the only one with the earpiece and the mouthpiece in that can can talk with the coordinators, right? So Haley's yelling, no, don't clock, don't clock. So Ben has a half a second to talk to, I believe he said, Martavis Bryant, and kind of motion for him to run a slant. And everybody else, if you notice on that play, it's so weird. Everybody else just stood up because they thought they were going to clock it and kick the field goal. Skip Bayless, after Ben Roethlisberger came out and said that it was Todd Haley who made this call, came out and completely bashed Ben Roethlisberger. He said, if you are going to be a great quarterback in this league, you have to own your mistakes. That's not Ben Roethlisberger's mistake. Ben Roethlisberger, I don't care how long you've been in that Steeler organization, how long you've been in this league, you don't just go out there and go into business for yourself or else you may very well find yourself on the bench. Even if Todd Haley, you know, isn't very well liked in Pittsburgh right now, he's still the man in charge, and you have to listen to your coach. So that's the thing with it. You know, you can't bash Ben for saying, hey, yeah, it was Haley. Because it was Todd Haley, and Todd Haley does need to own up to the fact that he was the one who chose to throw that pass that uh, that unfortunately was picked off by the Patriots. 
uh, it's kind of half full and half empty, man. From the standpoint that you know, you know the old the old saying and the old adage that you know the quarterback's carried off the field if you win, and you know he's shunned and you know kind of disowned if <laughs> if he loses, if you will. Mike, unfortunately, this is a a, a future Hall of Famer quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks we've done seen, plays for one of the best organizations in sports. He's groomed to own up to what he does. Todd Haley did call the play, and he said don't clock it, but Mike, that don't mean throw into bracket coverage. The time was thrown off, and the Patriots knew what was coming. That's the big thing now. When Todd Haley said proceed with the play, he didn't say chunk it into a crowd of people. You know, and being as being 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 as a, a all-pro quarterback, man, he knows better. But what you do have to say about being is you don't get to this point by not being a risk taker. Ben was trying to gun that thing in there, man, and win that game. He was, but what oh, he's yeah. telling – I don't – I think I think everybody's kind of you know how they give us bits and pieces of what the man said, and I haven't looked at the uh, the uh, post game interview, and I need to, but I'm pretty sure right. something to the effect that Todd Haley made the call, so I didn't want to clock it. Ben Roethlisberger is not gonna come up here and say, "Hey man, he made me throw it into a crowd of people." He's not gonna say that. Well, no, not at all. He basically you, you, said right. exactly you, what you, you, you said. Don't, you, Right, you don't get to that point and get to that level by playing, you know, patty cake or who fought it is. We're a team. We lost together. Todd Haley didn't lose, and being one, they both lost together. It's a team thing. So, hey, we lost. The beautiful thing about it, still 11-3, still got a chance to put it like this, Mike. Everything is in front of Pittsburgh. And to me, if I'm the Steelers right now, in, in in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I'm licking my chops for the next game. I'm like, you know what? We see how we lost that, whether it was the referee, whether it was our misfortunes or miscomings. We're going to learn from that. We shouldn't make the mistakes again, and we'll win. We didn't have all our guns. The arguably the best player, the MVP, arguably Antonio Bryant. Remember, he wasn't even playing, man. We didn't have Ryan Shazier. We didn't right. have one of our best DNs, so – that team's got a lot of confidence. And the beauty is they know they can march into Foxborough to play them and beat them. The weather's not going to bother me. Tom Brady don't intimidate me. We we march up and down field on this defense. So it's about, remember we said, Mike, about taking care of the ball, not making mistakes, and taking advantage of your opportunities. The Steelers did 95% of that. I completely agree with that. You know, Tom Brady throws his first interception in, against the Steelers, and I believe they said, I want to say it was seven, if not seven-plus years, and he throws it, I believe, to a rookie. I forget who caught the interception. But, boy, God, was I happy. Anyway, but, you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Probably the biggest story coming out of this game outside of the Jesse James thing, Antonio Brown – is out until the playoffs. For the next two weeks, Antonio Brown will be out for uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. He is uh, he has been diagnosed with a partially torn calf muscle, so he will be out until the playoffs. And actually, in speaking with other people this week, um, 
the consensus consensus seems that he'll be back in the playoffs, but it'll probably be as a decoy, and we may not see him back all the way to full strength until next year, which kind of worries me a little bit. But at the same time, you'll look at it, and I completely agree with you. This Steeler team, that they they hung with them, and we get back Joe Hayden. We get back uh, we get back a couple players. Uh, we'll have you know Antonio back by that point. I think that we could go into Foxborough and win the AFC title. Here's the thing that is going to be the key to that game, and it's the same thing I said last week was the key to this game, and that's going to be the middle. Yes, brilliant, brilliant play deci- or decision-making by Keith Butler to switch from the zone yeah. to man. He, Steelers yeah. fans have well, been begging no, for that. Be, he doesn't like to be pressing up the middle. He does. Exactly. Steelers fans have been begging for that. But here's the problem where Butler dropped the ball. And especially on that last drive that Tom Brady so masterfully carved us up, he didn't double cover Gronk. At the end of the day, you had to have safety help when you're – I mean, you're talking about, I think, the guy that was covering him was like 5'3". You're talking about going up against a freaking freak of nature and Rob Gronkowski, and you're like a 5'6", 5'7", cornerback. That ain't going to work, and you need safety help. So that's the only really thing I can knock the Steelers for is not double covering Rob Gronkowski on that last drive. Yeah, Mike, but you got to pick your poison because you got to remember, man, these coordinators, these old coordinators are smart, too. It's a a chess game a lot of times. So I bet probably on that particular series, he probably chose to either spy Brady – a double cover cook, or something of that nature. You you get my drill. So I I, I, right. I I'm I'm sure it just wasn't complete negligence on you know on guarding Grunt with the double. I just think maybe it was focused somewhere else on that particular scheme or that particular time. But sometimes you got to pick your poison. And another thing is too. I'm glad you said that, Mike. Ryan Shazier was the Gronk the, the Gronk stopper. He didn't need help, see. And that could have been a particular play where Shazir was out there man with Gronk. You see what I mean? Because mm-hmm. Shazir was a great cover linebacker. He covered like a like a like a free safety. So, you know, it, it, it's hard to say, but you're right if he missed the ball on there, but I think it was more so one of those things, man. That nature, because you got to be accountable for grunt. But once again, you got to watch Cook D. You got to survive Brady at times. It just, you know, it just depends. And when you roll him out like that, you're taking a linebacker away anyway. See, so that's the whole design. He just beat his man. He beat his man one on one. Very true, very true. But here's the other thing you got to think about Antonio Brown was an MVP candidate. Whenever he went right. down, right. is that over for is that over for AB just two weeks away from the end of the season? Could or could have AB have done enough to cement himself as the first wide receiver to ever win the MVP award? His body of work definitely says he deserves it, but the NFL we're in, 
unfortunately, is what have you done for me lately, even if it is two games. You know, so the only thing they're going to remember is him hurt in the end zone at Heinz Field, you know, outside his body of work. Now, I'm not, I'm not overlooking or, you know, I'm not overlooking or taking his numbers lightly because on paper he should win the MVP fight. But I don't think he will, man. It, it, it's it, it's really kind of a toss up now, and I hate. I to think say honestly, to Tom Brady, they probably gonna keep. I was about to say, just based upon this last Sunday's game, I'm 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 gonna have to say it's probably gonna be Brady. And let's be honest, 100 percent, just like Bayless said Monday morning. You know, another MVP performance by a 40 year old quarterback. I'm not I'm not knocking Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady is probably going to go down if he's not already, you know, regarded as this. He's the GOAT. You know, uh, me and Brad have – well, me and Brad argue that quite a bit. Me and Brad argue that quite a bit. He says, you know, Joe has five Super Bowls and has never lost one. And he says that's why he gives Brady the – Brady doesn't get the respect that he gives Joe. But that's the thing about it. If Joe played in this league today, do you think Joe Montana would be as good as Tom Brady? I have a hard time imagining that. I have a hard time imagining anybody being as good as we've ever seen Tom Brady for as long as we've seen him be this good. It's hard to say that, Mike. You got to compare. It's hard to compare eras. It, it, it really is. I mean, who knows? If Joe Montana had the weapons, I mean, the weapons in the time, I mean, his mind, I'm pretty sure his mind, you know, will go with him in any age. But it's hard to say, man. It's really hard to talk about, you know, that's the old the old Michael Jordan, Dr. Dre, and Iceman, and all that, you know, and Will Chamberlain. It's hard to compare eras. It really is when you talk about greatness. And Bill Russell said something that was really profound. He was he he said that uh, no it was Jim Brown they was at some type of event the Hall of Famers book he said it was just great to enjoy being around someone you know uh, uh, kind of your equal kind of at your level as far as being just a, a premier player we're not comparing who was better or this and that we're appreciating and celebrating everybody's greatness and I thought that was amazing man because. These guys sit here and appreciate the other. We sit here trying to point out who's better. Exactly. I mean, you know, we're going to get to we're going to get to Kobe Bryant's uh, jersey retirement, and yet again, even though Kobe's not even playing anymore, we're getting the who is better, Kobe or LeBron or Kobe or Jordan comparisons again. Dear Lord, the man ain't on the court anymore. Let's just let him go and go on to the next aspect of his life and wait for his eventual Hall of Fame call. Right. Well, thank you. You know, we can let that let that rest, man. I mean, and Mike, we actually have our first call, and uh, we're talking Steelers Patriots, but you know, we can go anywhere in the sports world. Uh, caller, are you with us? Yes, I am. Okay. That guy, uh, that guy from Ah, got you, got you. I was wondering if you were going to find us. So, real quick, before we get into, you know, uh, anything else, I want to ask you, you know, you're from the Northeast. Jesse James, touchdown or incomplete pass? 
a touchdown all the way. The refs are the refs are blind as bats. That was a legitimate touchdown. These refs should be shot out of a cannon. Steelers had that game in hand, and they favor yep. the Patriots. Yep. What a shock! Yep. I completely agree with that. I mean, it's crazy to me that they ended up getting this wrong. And, like, so many Patriots fans tried to tweet out the rule to me. They screenshotted the rule and sent it to me and everything. And I just said, initial contact was the knee, secondary contact the elbow, and then the third contact was when the ball moved. Bunch of screwballs. I mean, honestly, yeah, that's what you got to say about it. The, the NFL has always had a hard time saying, hey, we screwed up. We made a mistake. They very uh, seldom yeah, do that. Did, right. It, it ain't going to happen this time either. They're going to they gonna hide behind the rule book. That needs to definitely be changed to have more clarity. Well, and you know, that's the thing. Roger Goodell's all about protect the shield and what have you. And I got to admit, you know, Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger, the only two people that really, you know, kind of took a vague shot at the officials were Juju and Jesse James. And both of them, you know, Jesse said the call sucked. And I read you what uh, Juju said. He said it was bullshit. But Mike Tomlin just said, you know, hey, no crying over spilt milk. We'll we'll move on. I laugh over spilt milk. Class A guy. I mean, he's so sick of the favoritism and, and, and you know, yes, these ridiculous calls, you know, going against everybody else with the Patriots. I mean, it's nothing to talk about. how you run a league. You can't it's, run it's a league on favoritism. It's, you know, it's nothing to comment about, but y'all made the call. That's what it is. Now, I'm pretty sure it would be a different action if it was a playoff game, the AFC Championship. But, yeah, they still got everything in front of them, man. And like I said, if I was them, I could wait to play the Patriots again. Mm. With the That's NBA definitely NBA. true. That's definitely true. But I'm not sure. Is that what you were calling in to speak about? Was this the end of the Steelers-Patriots game? Well, not exactly. But since you're bringing it up, because, you know, I was – I was completely disgusted at that last play because, you know, I, I saw the game and I'm like, now how could that not be a touchdown? What were you thinking? Or were you even thinking? I mean, obviously, I'm a Steelers fan, and I was losing my mind that it was taking this long. And then Tony Romo said, oh, wait, are they looking to see if he survived the ground? And I'm like, are you kidding me? The ball crossed the plane. Romo's There's no idiot. way. Romo's an idiot as a, as a sideline, as a, as a commentator. Yeah, yeah true, that true. was. <laughs> yeah, he could. He, he could justify that. He was trying to justify, but he could. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, well, maybe maybe but, he saw uh, Carrie Underwood in the. Well, maybe he saw Carrie Underwood in the crowd again and, and got distracted. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> oh. oh hi, honey. Maybe you want to so. do a touchdown? I'll, I'll, I'll be with you in a minute. Let me get this field goal. Oops. <laughs> I like that. I there like you know, that. Stupid. <laughs> oh, Look, you, I'll, I'll be right with you, you. I'm just gonna get this field goal to win the game. Okay, I'll be right with you. <laughs> Damn it! Yeah, you lost on your own stupidity thanks to Carrie. You big jerk. Yeah. 
Pretty much, pretty much. But you alluded to wanting to talk to something about us. Go ahead. Uh, what you want to talk about tonight, brother? All right. Well, um, on the other hand, with the uh, with the Dallas game last week, I know a lot of people think that was not a legitimate play. But you know, I am a Dallas fan, so for my own sake and for the team's sake, I'm glad that happened. And with Elliot coming back, I think that's a better chance for us to make the wild card. I would actually agree with that. You know, the thing is, I was looking at Dallas' scenario tonight. Dallas needs either Atlanta, and I don't know, does Atlanta have two games left to lose, potentially both of them? Yes. They basically need one of three teams to lose out. They need Atlanta to lose out. I believe it's New Orleans to lose out. or And the Lions. uh, And the Lions to lose at least one to be able to make this wild card spot. I, I actually yeah. think the Lions are possible. Why? Wow. You know, what's happening down? What's happening down, man? You don't know what the hell he's going to get. But no, no. I think they'll sneak in. They're going to win out because they got Zeke back. I think they'll sneak in back to the way in. And that's the thing. I, I think that Dallas will win out. Uh, Zeke coming back this week, you're talking about a demoralized yeah. Seahawks team that just got just completely destroyed by the Rams last week. Like they didn't even they didn't even start that game, did the Seahawks. I, I think Dallas is ripe to at least finish off the season on two big wins. Yeah. Guys, you gotta understand these these when a team is good in the division, man, it's a three to maybe if you're lucky, five year cycle. Yeah. Teams catch up with you. You notice the 49ers were head and shoulders. Here comes Seattle. Seattle's yes. been head and shoulders. Here comes the Rams. You know, here comes the 49ers slowly again. So it's hard yes. to stay on top like that, man, because teams build to come get you. And you get a couple of injuries, you know, a couple of free agency deals, you know, a couple of trades here and there. You know, these teams are right on your butt, right on your heels, man. The reason yeah, the boom yeah. is over. The reason the boom is over. We're boom. Whatever you want to call it. Everybody's caught Seattle. Seattle is caught. Officially. Right, right. So, I, I think Seattle has been exposed. I think that Pete Carroll, you know, I think it's almost the same scenario as what happened with Harbaugh in San Francisco with Kaepernick. I think people have finally learned what Pete Carroll's all about, and now it's starting to catch up with them a little bit. Plus, Marshawn Lynch not being there anymore hurts them as well. They'd love to have Alex yep, Collins right about now. Yep. The running game isn't the same at all. It's kind of spotty. You're getting right, and that defense has suffered a lot of injury, and they rode that defense for years. They kind of let the offense catch up, so it's got a combination. It's a, it's a combination of all of it, man. Teams getting better, injuries, they're getting a little older. People understand what Seattle's about. It just gets harder, man. You're in, you're out. Yes. I completely agree with that, you know, and that's the thing, you know. The only division that doesn't get harder is the AFC North because Pittsburgh's just head and shoulders above everybody else. But, you know, hey, whatever. (laughs) I mean, it's not even fair, though, when you're in the division with Cleveland and Cincinnati to be bragging about winning the division every year. Let me tell be you something. Be careful what you say, Mike. A high school football be team can beat the Cleveland Browns. Those teams won't be down for long. Be careful. 
Because Baltimore really ain't that far from being competitive. And you know when it comes to, to the skill of Baltimore rivalry, you know, you can throw the records out. Same yeah, that one's scary. Okay, we'll throw them out. So, you know, if it wasn't for Cleveland, that division wouldn't look too bad. Yeah, but Cleveland is a joke. Yeah, yeah Cleveland's been a joke for quite a while now, about 16 years, 17 years, That whenever they reform themselves. Yeah, I know. <laughs> for whatever reason. Why would you want to reform? Why would you even bother reforming them? It ain't long before they're good, man. I mean, the law average says it. They give too many good players. You get enough top picks. You make the right decisions. They're, they're going to be competitive soon. Soon or later. No, I mean, life. we like joking about Cleveland, but, I mean, a couple of years ago, we were thinking the Jaguars and the Raiders were never going to have a shot. And all of a sudden, the Jaguars are competitive for the second spot in the AFC. That's my whole point. That is my yeah, whole you got point. Something there. I mean, yeah. The so, Astros so Cleveland fans, don't hang yourself yet. No, two years ago, hear me no. up, two years ago, the Houston Astros lost 100 games. They were on a string to lose 100 plus games like two out of three years. They won the World Series last year. The same thing with Kansas City a few years ago. The same thing with the Cubs. Right. You draft well, man, over a period of time, it's going to come to fruition. So one thing I want to ask you guys while we're talking about playoff scenarios and stuff like that, today Aaron Rodgers was placed right back on injured reserve after only playing one week. Mm -hmm. I mean, I got a question. Why you even threw him out there last week? I I mean, I understand now because you can't make the playoffs while you place him back on injured reserve, but – what was the point at this at, at this Lionel. juncture? What was even the point? Desperation. Man, I, I watched the end of that game. If Allison does fumble that ball, he's going to come down and score. Is he 100%? No. Is he healthy enough to play? Yes. Well, that's the problem. Right, but now, let's remember now. All right. Let, let, you know, you, we can't forget. You know, it's a sport, true enough. It's entertainment for us. That's his job. And he's not yeah. the best, arguably the best quarterback in the league for nothing. If he was clear to play, he would want to play. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, I, got I got some. I got some. Right. I got. Okay. okay. This, is, this is what we call the joke of the week, maybe even the year. Now, this has nothing to do with the NFL, but it is football related. Um, because. There is a rumor going around. I'm sure there's that they are bringing back the league from hell, possibly. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about now. You do. Go ahead, say it. The XFL. You got it. <laughs> league. Mike, from I was hell. actually thinking about bringing this up. What do you think about that? Do you even remember the what? XFL, Mike? Yeah, he had me. Yeah, I remember all that. What crazy. a joke! What a waste! You know, in the in in the new day of the CTE scare and and targeting and all that, I don't see it, bro. I know you know uh-huh. what? What, what network? What network is gonna sign off of it? Because remember, in the XFL, you throw the ball in the middle of the field, they go get it. They ain't gonna sign off on that, man. As soon as somebody get hurt, it's gonna be. I don't see it. Exactly. No. I don't think I don't think Vince sat down and looked at 
No, it ain't gonna happen. They gotta change it completely. And think yeah. about it. I don't think Vince we're, 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 sat down with his people and realized exactly what the hell was going on when he was before he thought about this. He probably watched that thirty for thirty, saw how the ratings were, and was oh, like, yeah. "Oh wait, now it's time to bring it back." The, 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 Why the, now? The, 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 the marketing was based on people wanting to see, you know, big, big, big collisions and. Fast-paced football athletes had killing each other. We're out football, man. They're trying to make it as safe as possible. I just don't see that happening because ain't no network gonna sign off on it. What is it gonna be like on YouTube TV or? I mean, baby, to me, you know, ain't no network gonna sign off on that, man. Not at all. Not today. Now, I would agree. The biggest thing about it, they want to be as different from the NFL as possible. With yeah. the new rules, you don't have to be like the NFL because it's the safest way, if you will. So, no, man, it ain't going to happen. If it does, you're yeah. all Exactly. I mean, and that's the thing. It can't be successful. They've already tried this model. And here's the thing. As much as people don't like monopolies and don't like this and that and this and that, Look at the AFL. The AFL's carved itself out as a little small niche. It's never going to be the NFL, but they're fine with that. Vince McMahon is, and I'll tell you this right now, Vince McMahon has a problem being number two. He's always going to want to compete with the NFL, and that is why the XFL will never work. Right. Right. I hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Drop the mic. Exactly. I mean, as, uh, you're always going to get the secondary players, like Tommy Maddox. Yes, Tommy Maddox, uh, good quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but he wasn't Ben. As soon as Ben came in, where did Tommy Maddox go? Right to the bench. I mean, it's one of those deals where you're always going to get the number two players. Yeah, maybe they could carve themselves out a nice little niche in maybe springtime whenever, uh, you know, there might be – lack of football, but, I mean, you're still competing with the NBA at that point. And the NBA gets really hot right after football season because people are demanding sports. So, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be, I see it as an uphill battle, and I think eventually before he launches something, he might sit there and think about how much money he's going to lose in this. Yeah, he's a smart businessman. Hell, it's probably propaganda. He just want people to talk about it. You know, they start talking yeah. about that. They'll probably watch more wrestling. Who knows? He doesn't gonna make no big decision like that. He stands to lose a lot of money. And like you say, ain't nobody gonna sign off on it. What, what, who gonna watch it? What are they gonna show it? Exactly. Yeah. I have a hard time finding a network that would show it. Because uh, all yeah. of the major networks now own time for the NFL. And yeah. I can guarantee you that Roger Goodell yeah. is going to sit him down and say, if you show these games, you can go ahead and sign us over your NFL time, and we'll take it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So you know it won't be ABC, it won't be Fox, it won't be NBC. The NFL got a contract with all of them. You know, I think the NFL, ABC might go in, in for it because they don't really have um, anything. So, what's well, the NBA? So I think maybe they'll try it. Yeah, but ABC, that's true. you got to remember that. You got to remember that's the ABC is what Disney. That's a parent company, ESPN, man. I know. No way. Yeah, I need- that ain't, so they, you know that ain't going to work. Well, look, 
it's oh, it's a Mickey it's a Mickey Mouse number again. The XFL is a Mickey Mouse operation anyway, so it does kind of fit. <laughs> That's true. Oh, <laughs> he makes a good point. <laughs> because you could do that, because you could do that, you gotta be a little goofy anyway. Oh no. Oh. Hey, cartoon, yeah, cartoon home for the cartoon uh, football. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a, I, 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 I'm not as big as what I used to be, but I, I still uh, watch professional wrestling from time to time. I don't follow yeah. it as much as I used to when I was younger. But the thing is, like, there's a lot of stuff here where it's just like you're opening yourself up to a lot, and I mean a lot of controversy. And actually, speaking of a lot of controversy, something that developed today that uh, kind of switching sports real quick. Floyd Mayweather Jr. is now oh, in yeah. negotiations yeah. to become an MMA fighter, and he wants to fight in the UFC. And Demetrius Johnson tweets out a picture of him and all his UFC titles and said, yeah, I'd like to be the first one to welcome him in. Uh, Floyd, I'm pretty sure you're setting your undefeated streak on the line for absolutely nothing because, brother, you going down and you going down quick, probably in the first round, you're probably going to end up choked out. Right. Dude, yes. If 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 you like I said, not too long, if anybody bleed it, they bleed in the Easter Bunny, Santa Claus in a two fair. Dude likes he he likes the attention. He wants to stir everything up. If y'all if you look, Mike, he just released maybe an hour ago that he ain't serious about this. All that's just speculation. It is. I love I love Floyd Mayweather. Man, he'll get annihilated. That's not his deal. And another thing about Floyd, Floyd don't like to get hit. You gonna get touched in the MMA. Oh yeah, and then four ounce gloves. Yeah. Right. So he don't want he don't want to get touched. So man, we all know better than this, man. We know this is just this is just Marky. all talk, man. We know this. Conor McGregor just tweeted, just called him a you know what, because. You know, he just came out with a statement saying this is false. No, it was worse than a moron, bro. We can't say on air, but... (laughs) Uh, You can only imagine what Connor said. Right, because you know how he needs a filter, but... Man, we... Come on. It's common sense. We're going to use rationality here. We know that dude is not made for that. He is not stepping in the octagon, guys. Well, and that's the thing. A lot of boxing purists I talked to today said, oh, yeah, Floyd would be fine. Floyd would be able to strike and move and get his deep and keep him out of distance. I I don't understand that because, you know, as a boxing, as a UFC fan, I even admitted, you know, in the back of my mind, while I was cheering for Conor McGregor, in the back of my mind, I knew that more than likely that's how the fight was going to go. Actually, I thought it was going to be a lot sooner. And I'm actually proud of the way Connor held his own in that fight, so to speak, even though really it turned out to be a ploy by Floyd to just wear Connor out. Guys, I mean, y'all. they're just two different sports. Well, guys, exactly. you know what? These guys make business decisions to get in the ring and beat the hell out of each other for what? Potentially 12 rounds and, and, and major title Right. Fight. We are out of our mind if we don't think these guys are sitting at the round table saying, man, hey, look, this is what we're going to do. Especially in a fight like that when you got a, a MMA champion, 
against arguably one of the best boxers known to mankind. Come on, man. That was all entertainment. They sat down and said, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to play this out. We definitely got to make it look good. Floyd could have knocked him out first or second round, but for what? They wouldn't have gave the fans what they wanted. You know what I, I mean? I completely agree with that. That don't take nothing away from Connor. Connor is a right. decent boxer. He got decent skills to box. We're going to give him credit yeah, for that. But come on, man. That was all show. We know better than that, man. Just right. as if Mayweather hop in the octagon, somebody will kill him. Exactly. It, they're just two totally different sports, and that's what I tried to explain to this gentleman that was uh, prolificating about how big, how good no, Mayweather's I mean, skills were. I kept telling no. him, I said, but you're talking about going against guys who have trained jiu-jitsu um, and all these martial arts for since they were knee-high to a grasshopper. That's the thing about it. Floyd would be out of his element just as much as Connor was. Who, who are trained, who are, who are flexible to the end of time, because you got to be, who are trained and just, and, just, and just disciplined and trained on getting hit, on how to get hit. Floyd don't like to get touched. Period. No, and that's that the thing. Make, There's not that much that room to run in the octagon. Right. It, no. it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense, man. So I'm not gonna even. Jacket. You know, you take that with the. You know, you take that with a spoon of salt. You can't. You can't look at that. Floyd just want people to stir people up, get people to talk. Like I say, he dispelled the rumors tonight. Anyway, basically, I was just kidding. We we know better. Well, I, I am glad that he came out and said that afterwards because. And this must have been before I uh, turned off my uh, turned off my uh, looking at my Twitter and things because I did not definitely did not see that. But moving back to football, last night Florida Atlantic destroyed Akron yeah. fifty to three. Like good Lord, Lane Kiffin, please give him a chance to breathe, and he actually gets a new ten year contract. Who raises their hand and actually says that Lane Kiffin is going to be a Florida Atlantic for the next 10 years, though? Let's be honest here. Uh, 11 months. I, I think he might last job. another two. You say two months, Mike? I think he might last another two years. Oh, no. Yeah. Man. I don't see it. Um. He he's really positioned himself to 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 get a big job next season. Now it, it's it's unfortunate and it's a sad business in this aspect. Uh, somebody's gonna get fired next year in major college football, so it's just how it goes. So he'll be the first guy they contact, especially if it's in the SEC. And guys, exactly. I said this. Gus Malzahn is in a great position right now. Currently got the number nine ranked recruiting class in the country, which is probably second in the SEC. Maybe second or third. Yeah, third because Georgia. Number I believe one. Third, third behind which, Bama yeah, and Georgia, which is amazing. Gus is in a position to do great things, but let me tell you this: they cannot lose more than two games next year. They can't. Right, exactly. Gus is on the hot seat every single year just because he's at Auburn. 
So that that kind of goes back into the Arkansas job thing, which is kind of baffling. But, you know, he has faith in what he's doing. You know, the players will probably buy in. It's just tough in the SEC. It'll just be sad if you just got this big raise, you got this top-ranked recruiting class, and let's say you go 10-3 and three next year, and they want you out. And, I mean, you lose to – let's say you lose to LSU early on in the season. Yeah, you're already going to be hearing whispers of – and is Gus going to be gone? You know, I mean, I realize yeah. they just signed him to an extension, but the college football world is just that fickle. I believe we actually signed Brett to an extension. It was either last year or two years ago, and we see where he is now, sitting on his couch, and I'm assuming he's still in Fayetteville, but who knows? I'm not for sure. I don't think so. I, 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 would, I, I, would, think he, I, I would like to think he's in Wisconsin, but... Or even, or even Illinois, where it's from. But we don't know. Wherever he is, we wish him the best. It, it it really sucks to get fired and get an $11 million check. You know. Oh, yeah, that's, that's definitely. Out, you know. Yeah, that's that's thing, a rough but, time, you know. you know. He's going to have to do some cutting back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, ain't nobody going to feel sorry for him no time soon. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's the thing. I mean, ain't nobody going to feel sorry for any of these coaches. I believe uh, I believe nope. they said that the SEC coaches that got fired this year account for like $70 million in buyout money for the whole year. That is insane. I believe Sumlin got, quite, got almost as much as Brett did in his buyout, and I think Brett ended up with like $13 million. Yeah, I think Butch Jones got a whopping, what, 14, 12? Yeah, Butch got an ex- crazy amount. Yeah, it was more than uh, McElwain. Yeah, I forgot about McElwain. Oh, I, I mean, we're talking about cutting the national deficit. Good God. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Give me a break. These universities, these universities have a license to print money, and that's just insane how much money they're handing well, out just to get rid of coaches. Well, that lets you know how much these schools are bringing in these Power Five conferences, as well as these, uh, as well as the NCAA, making billions. Man, NCAA is making in billions. That's that. Oh yeah, I mean we're just That's two that. weeks away from probably the top four uh, programs in the country: Oklahoma, Alabama, um, Clemson, and Georgia going head to head. And I mean, we're. We may be, you know, another week out from uh, about three weeks out from an Alabama versus Georgia mashup, and showing once again why the SEC is quote unquote the best conference in college football. I mean, yeah, it, it could possibly happen, man. I mean, it's four great teams. I think they got the best teams in this year's pool in the, in the final four college football playoff series. So we're gonna see what happens, man. I mean, yes. I think Georgia I mean, is kind of the dark horse in the whole thing because people kind of question their offensive uh, efficiency, which I do as well. But, man, you never know. Because you got great coaches that are made to sit back and scheme that's going to take away your weaknesses. I probably that's going to expose your weaknesses and take away your strengths. So it's going to be must see TV, man. It's really hard to call. But I'm thinking uh, Alabama and Oklahoma in the championship game. And I think Oklahoma hey. was the trophy. I think you're right. You're right. Okay, I got you. Oklahoma is the number two seed. I was about to say, I think Oklahoma and Alabama play first. Yeah, I'm sorry. I take that back. Okay, well, I think it's going to be – 
It's called Georgia Plays. Uh, no, Georgia will play Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, so I believe Georgia. it's actually. I believe you had it right the first time. I believe it is Georgia and Oklahoma, yeah. and then Clemson and Bama. Yeah, so I think it's gonna be Oklahoma, Alabama, and I think uh, Oklahoma gonna get them. Now, this come from the SEC guys, so trying not to be a home I mean, game, but that's, that's what I that's think. That's the thing. That's the thing. Baker Mayfield is a amazing quarterback, and it's shocking to me that he isn't higher on some of these draft boards. But he ain't played a defense like Alabama yet. Nah, man, but that's true. I agree with that, man. But a great player, a great player. I just think he's up for the challenge. And Oklahoma's a scoring machine. Not to take away nothing from Alabama's defense, but. Alabama's taking a big hit in the secondary. Not the secondary, I'm sorry. Nigga Fitzpatrick, he's a beast. The linebacker position. They got a lot right. of youth there, man. And I think that because Oklahoma's going to spread you out. They're going to spread you out. Oh, yes. And, and oh, yes. Yeah, they throw the ball to all the playmakers. So, basically, Alabama has to play sound and get off the field. Because I don't care how good your defense is. D-backs can't hold the seeds forever, and they're human. They do get tired. I completely agree, but but yeah, we're gonna go ahead. Like and we're gonna go yeah, ahead and let you go. Me and Mike are gonna go ahead right. and get into our picks for the week, and we All hope right. you, to hear from you next week. And uh, we'll talk at you next week, brother. Thank you very much for coming on. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, anybody welcome as always on the show three four seven nine eight nine eleven seventy one. But Mike, we're gonna we're about at the top of the hour here, and that's usually when we switch into our college football and uh, our basketball and NFL picks for the week. And I want to kind of spin us around the action that's currently going on right now. I don't know if you've seen this, but the uh, Louisiana Tech Bulldogs are beating the head Arkansas Razor, the new head Hogs, former team, and I mean SMU is missing Chad Morris pretty good. 42 to 10 at the half in the Miami Beach Bowl. Uh, I mean, that the only way I can explain that is Chad Morris's absence. Mike? Yeah. Uh, you know, they lost their head Mustang, if you will. Um, you know, that's kind of tough, man, to get up for the game. Half your coaching staff's gone. Now, I know Sonny Dykes took over for the bowl preparation, but you're talking – Nine days, he's been there for nine days, a little bit under, what, two weeks? So that's kind of hard, man. You know, guys probably got a lot on their mind. Some of them, they didn't even buy in. And another thing is if the game's in Frisco. Is it in Frisco, Texas? I believe so, or yeah. Is it? Or no, it's or in Miami. It Excuse me. It's in Miami. No, 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 no. No, no it's not. No. The Miami Beach no, that's not the Miami. It's the Frisco Bowl, right? No, it's the Miami Beach Bowl, brother. Are you sure? Yes, I'm looking okay. at it right okay. now. Okay, <laughs> well, double check. You talk. You, you talking about SMU and SMU and Louisiana SMU Tech? And, they're in Miami. Okay. Yes, they're in Miami. Yeah, they're the Miami Beach Bowl. Texas. Okay. Well, I thought it was in Frisco, Texas. I don't know how you get up for it if it is in Texas, but I don't know, man. It's obviously they're missing their, their, their head coach. You got to remember, he took majority of the staff with him, too. 
Exactly, exactly. So, and here's so. one. Here's here's some scores that are kind of baffling to me. Orlando losing to Chicago, one hundred two to seventy four. Right now, six twenty four in the fourth. That's not really baffling. Chicago and Orlando, though, both you know teams that are kind of knocked off right now. How about this one though? This is the baffling one to me. Ninety seven, ninety two, nine minutes and seven seconds left in the fourth. The Los Angeles Lakers lead the Houston Rockets. And then last night, Golden State needed overtime to beat the Los Angeles Lakers. What is going on in Lakerland? And where all of a sudden did this competitiveness come from? Because, I mean, come on now. L.A. didn't come out to a hot start this season. And, I mean, we obviously can't say it's all Lonzo that's being able to uh, manage to will this team to victory. Maybe it's the Mamba mentality making a return. Yeah, that would be nice if that rubbed off. But, you know, you, you can't necessarily teach that. But at any rate... The baby Lakers, man, you you got a, a bunch of young talent there. You got a young talented coach. You got an organization that pushed reset a couple of years ago and brought uh, Magic in. Um, the Plinko guy, Kobe's former um, agent, um, Jeannie Bus relieved her brother, uh, Jim Bus, of his duty. So you got an organization that's on the same page, that's committed to winning, committed back to excellence. You know, to hoist the. Uh, um, 16 trophy. Larry O'Brien, so, Larry O'Brien trophy. The, the 16 ah, Larry O'Brien trophy. So, so, so totally focused, though. You know, I am a Laker fan. I'm excited about the future. And people really overlook it. It's not all about um, Lonzo Ball. It's really about the culture. You know, he brings a winning attitude. He's humble. He's marketable. You know, it's more than just his athletic ability. It's, it's the whole ambiance person and taking on a new era after Kobe. So they need to give a kid a chance, relax, let him do his thing. His shot is ridiculous. He's not a scorer. He's a pass and a facilitator. He makes people around him better. The shot and the scoring will come. So, and while we're yeah, talking is, about while we're talking about the balls here, Mike, I want you to briefly comment on this. I don't know if you've seen it. I just saw a small blurb on it on ESPN, but uh, the father, I believe, and I get all their names mixed up. Once again, they're the uh, male versions of the Kardashians. But, yeah, LeVar, he's actually uh, wanting to start a league to play high school uh, to play high school basketball kids, and he wants to pay these kids about nine to $10,000 a uh, – he wants to pay these kids about nine to $10,000 a game or something of that nature to uh, play basketball in this new association. Have you heard about that? Yeah, yeah I, I briefly heard about that. What he wants to do, he wants to, he wants, he wants uh, ten teams, eighty players. They play, they will play in L.A., Atlanta, I think Chicago and New York. He basically right. wants to give another option outside of the uh, money grubbing. Soul sapping NCAA, and I don't mean that in, in, in the aspect of their evil, you know, in a sense, morally, but they make a lot of money and they almost expose these guys like this. Now, the hard thing about it, you're taking on billion dollar institutions, and like they say, the easiest way to the NBA is to go be one and done 
which is about maybe 10, 12, 15 a year that has the talent to do it, go be one and done and go to the NBA. So his problem, like they said, I heard another guy talking about it. You know, I may be paraphrasing, but it's going to be hard to attract the top-notch talent instead of this guy going to Kentucky for eight months, you know, and then going. Now, what would lure him, if you could give him a nice amount of money, but you got to understand you got to have insurance packages for if he gets hurt. A lot of that ties into it. You have to get get it signed off on these big-time arenas. You have to get signed off on these big-time arenas. So, you know, it, it, it makes sense in the aspect of giving someone another option, but how many people actually buy into it? You know, being exactly. who you are, you know. It's hard to tell you Coach t- K, I ain't coming for eight months. I'm gonna go play with LeBron Ball League. You know? Yeah, you're talking about giving not. You're talking about giving not even nineteen, eighteen year old kids nine to ten thousand dollars a week. Oh my dear lord, this sounds like a uh, wreck waiting to happen. I'm just saying, kids, I think a kids month, that age probably shouldn't be given that amount of money. I, I think it's a month. So and then how you gonna? differentiate who I'm going to get 3000 to, who I'm going to get 10000 to. So it's exactly. a He may be out of his there's not too many. There's not too many LeBron James caliber players out there that are playing at 17 years old, but we're going to keep moving on here. I just wanted to get on that sidetrack about, uh, about Kobe and uh, the balls. But uh, Utah right now losing pretty heavily to the Oklahoma City Thunder, 93-65. Oklahoma City looks like they might finally be getting it under control here. Uh, I mean, Oklahoma City has definitely not been what we thought they would be this year with uh, Carmelo and Paul George and Russell Westbrook. I mean, really, you thought they were going to contend in the West, and right now they just look like a bunch of pretenders, Mike. Yeah, I just I still don't think they have a jail, Mike. Sometimes it takes longer than others, man. You got uh, three number one, so to speak, three uh, three great scores. Sometimes it's hard for those guys to play together, man, because somebody has to take a step back, kind of like that Heat team a few years ago with D-Wade, Bosch, and LeBron. Somebody has to take the step back and do the dirty work and, you know, kind of sacrifice for a team. And I'm not really seeing that right now. Who's your defender? That team defended like if their life depended on it. So they just haven't oh, right. We can't say it's a bust yet, Mike. We got to give it to January, mid-January. Come late January, they ain't really made a push. They may think about busting this thing up. That's very true. And, I mean, we already think that uh, it's going to get busted up. We think Paul George is heading west into Laker land. But Detroit uh, right now is down to uh, Dallas, 73-61, 647 left in the third. Denver uh, ends up at the half, up two points over Minnesota. Kind of a shocker there. Toronto beats Charlotte, 129-111. Indiana beats Atlanta, 105-95. Miami uh, beating Boston in almost a little bit. It almost took me a minute to double-check this score. 90-89. Miami... Pulling out the one-point victory over the uh, Kyrie Irving Boston Celtics. Boston now seems to be cooling off a little bit here as Cleveland, Injuries, you know, kind of heats Injuries. up. Injuries, Mike. Uh, the, the, the young star Jason Tatum got his finger stepped on last night, so he's out. 
you know, injuries catch catch up with you. Uh, Gordon Hayward's hurt. You know about that. They've been on extensive run with his injury. Uh, Kyrie's up and down. You know, injuries are decimate you, man, in any sport, especially you talking about your top-notch players. So Boston is has done well to sustain, but who would have thought that Kyrie went out and Gordon Hayward, your two big acquisitions, you'll still be, you know, top three in the Eastern Conference. Nobody. That's very true. I mean, Boston very well coached, and I think that's exactly what that speaks to. And then you got Sacramento just completely, you know, beating Brooklyn, 104-99 in Brooklyn. San Antonio, though, tonight going to be the nightcap, going to host, uh, going to go to Portland, excuse me, 21-10 and 10 versus 16-14. and 14. Memphis going on the road to Golden State. Golden State probably going to just absolutely wipe the floor with the Memphis Grizzlies. And Phoenix taking on the L.A. Clippers is the late game. We got Golden State, the favorite by 10, Portland by 2.5, and, and the Clippers by 5.5. I'm going to have to go with all the favorites in this game. I mean, Golden State, I, I don't believe having a chance against Memphis. San Antonio, I'm not too sure. I think San Antonio could probably beat Portland. And, of course, the Clippers are the Clippers. I think they could just completely destroy Phoenix. Uh, on the Clipper-Phoenix thing, if uh, if that kid Booker's back, I don't know about that. Um, I could... as, far as, as far as... As far as San Antonio, yeah, I expect them to. Uh, I expect them to roll. Who else would you say Utah? Who? Utah, or uh, excuse me, I I got to pull it back up here. Uh, we got uh, San Antonio and Portland, Golden State and Memphis, and then the nightcap is Los Angeles, I believe, and Los Angeles and actually Phoenix. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna definitely go with Phoenix, and I'm gonna go with San Antonio, and I obviously gotta go with Golden State because Memphis is it's in disarray now, man. They keep getting rid of yeah, all Mem- the good players. And good coaches. Memphis looks like a team that Memphis. needs to uh, maybe go ahead and pack Memphis. up the boxes and go someplace else because the owner is definitely not uh, not doing them right. But Mike, we're gonna go ahead and get ready for our pro- projections here. First one up, the bowl game tomorrow. Over the next seven days, we're going to go over these bowl games. The Gasparilla Bowl, I believe I said that correctly. The Gasparilla Bowl. I, I, I think this is a first-time bowl game. I'm not too sure. But we got Temple playing FIU. I'm going to go ahead and take the uh, Florida International team. I, I, I like Florida International. They're coming out of the American Conference, I believe. And... I I just really got to take them on that one. That that looks like a pretty uh, even matchup, though, to me. What about you, Mike? Hey, man, Mike. Mike, you're right, man. So you're the lower-tier FBS schools in Florida. Am I right? UCF, FAU, FIU. Mm-hmm. And think about all the major schools in Florida that's down. Now, I say a lower-tier FBS. You got a, what, 6-6 six and six Florida State, 3-9 uh, and nine or 4-8. Florida, you know, a Miami that coughed up, a Miami that, you know, coughed up a chance of going to the uh, national uh, playoffs. Oh, yeah, playoffs. 
I completely agree. It could be FIU's. It could be FIU's game. I, I just Temple has always been a pretty solid program. I, I'm going to tend to lead, lean towards them. In the Bahamas Bowl, UAB. I believe this is UAB's first year back after they uh, after they disseminated or got rid of the program for one year and then brought it back. Is going to take on Ohio in the Bahamas Bowl. UAB is looking great this year in their first year back in action. I'm going to take UAB in this game. I don't think I think UAB continues the feel good story of bringing back their program. It's hard. It's hard not to root for UAB, man. It, 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 you don't have a. You're heartless if you can't. I mean, that's a great story. They try this plan the program because of money. You got a bunch of boosters, a bunch of people. They band together and said, hey, we're not going to let that happen, man. Now, that's an awesome story. Made for Hollywood. The famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Central Michigan going to play Wyoming in this one. Obviously, I think you got to go Central Michigan. I mean, Central Michigan has been a Mac powerhouse for God knows how long. Uh, Wyoming kind of the new kids on the block when it comes to uh, – when it comes to bowl games, I'm going to have to take the experience edge here and take Central Michigan over Wyoming. One of the the, the, Chipp- the Chippewas, Chippewas. I think. I think yes, the Chippewas, Chippewas, I believe, is what they're called. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chippewa tribe. Uh, now, this is what I'm interested in, Mike. I want to see what the uh, the projected uh, number three pick. By Mel Kiper and I think Todd Mache too, in the 2018 NFL Draft, Josh Allen. Yeah, that top quarterback in Wyoming. Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious to see what he do in his final campaign. That's what's interesting to watch. <clears throat> Mike, Lakers 108, Houston Astros 100, with four minutes. Oh wow! Left. And I was, you know what I was thinking? After a big, I thought it was a back to back. You know, the big emotional game with the COVID retirement journey, the 8-24, which is the only two in history to be retired, which will be the only two in history. But back to the subject, I really thought it would be tough to come back out the emotional game like that and play another team of that caliber and really compete. And they're hanging they're like holding their own. You know? Exactly. Exactly. They're holding their own 100% against these uh, Houston Rockets. Uh, Mike, Texas Tech, we got our first ranked bowl game of the year. Texas Tech going to take on South Florida, number 23 South Florida, in the Birmingham Bowl. It's going to be hard for me to cheer, cheer against Charlie Strong in this one. Charlie obviously having the Arkansas Tigers. South Florida picks up the victory in this one. I don't think it's going to be close. Well, you just alluded to, Mike, once again, these lower tier mid-majors in Florida have been making noise all Year long, I left South Florida out. UCL big big time ball game, a double digit win. Florida National double digit win. Now, I mean Florida Atlantic. Now, Florida National, I don't know if they're double digit wins, but they had a successful season. So it's hard to go against the fight, Charlie Strong, man. And plus, he's from baseball. Go USL. Right, right. Then we got San Diego State taking on Army. Army coming off that uh, upset of Navy in the Army-Navy game. I mean, uh, Army's looking strong in this one. I'm going to take Army. Yeah, we got to go for one of our nation armed forces. (laughs) (laughs) Especially in the armed forces bowl. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially in the armed forces bowl. So, 
yeah, we might just have to pick Auburn. How about Toledo getting ready to play Appalachian State in the Dollar General Bowl? I've got to give Appalachian State the, all the credit in the world. What they only moved up two or three years ago from uh, Division One AA FCS. So I'm gonna have to give Appalachian State all the credit in the world. Unfortunately, we here in Arkansas know how good Toledo is. I, I mean, I think Toledo gets the de- victory in this one. Yeah, Toledo's the one good team. Yeah, I think I, I get Toledo on that now. I, I really, really tip my hat for Appalachian State. Appalachian State. I think they're in the Sun Belt, right? That is correct. Yeah, I think they're in the Sun Belt Conference, which is a which is a, a, a solid, a good conference, good competitive conference with some great schools. So I will have to go with Toledo, man. I think they're just more established and just a little bit too much. The next game up is next Tuesday, or excuse me, on Sunday, Christmas Eve, you have Fresno State taking on Houston in the Hawaii Bowl. Uh, Houston, obviously, been a powerhouse for quite a while now. I'm going to take Houston in this one. Yep, the Simon's uh, back, you know, in the southern part of Texas, man, in Houston. You know, high scoring and side football. The fans, you know, kind of up. Up and roar, excited about their team. I'm going to take Houston, man. And it's impressive because they've been through several coaches, but they continue to win. So that's, that's yeah, Houston. Houston's one of those lower level schools. I almost call them the lower level Alabama because, you know, even if they lose coaches, they just keep on plugging right along and, keep, and they don't drop off. Then on Christmas, the day after Christmas, excuse me, Tuesday, we got the Heart of Dallas Bowl. Utah Utes taking on West Virginia. So we're starting to get into some of the bigger programs here. I'm going to take the West Virginia Mountaineers over Utah. But Utah's a pretty solid squad, so this one could go either way. Is the good kid back from injury, the quarterback, the transfer from Florida? Uh, I believe he Yeah, because it's been like a month and a half. I don't know what was wrong with him, but I don't think it was nothing that was season in the summer. Yeah, I'm gonna go with West Virginia, man. Uh, Mike, uh, not not Mike Holmgren, but uh, Dana Holmgren. Right. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. He's he's a good coach, man. Yeah. He got time to prepare. He's gonna have them guys ready. They're gonna score a lot of points with a lot of key skill position players. So I'm gonna go with West Virginia. There's a lot of talent on that West Virginia team. You're absolutely uh, right. You're in. You're out. You're in. You're out, my friend. Yes. And that's and that's why Dana Hogerson's been able to maintain his job, especially with the switch to the Big Twelve, which doesn't exactly recruit. make sense. But that's a subject yeah, for a different time. Yeah, uh, geographically un, unreal. More 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 yeah. suited for the SEC at worst, but definitely Big. Yeah, yeah, ACC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, exactly. Geographically, that makes no sense. Like I said, we ain't gonna get into that. <laughs> exactly. They they go from the Big East to the Big Twelve. What whatever. Uh, the Quick yeah. Lane Bowl. Duke, the Blue Devils, taking on the Northern Illinois Huskies. I'm gonna take Northern Illinois in this one. Northern Illinois is one of them programs that, even though they're one of the lower tier uh, schools, so to speak. They always play the uh, upper Power Five schools hard, and Duke one of the lower level Power Five. So we're going to have to go ahead and take uh, the Northern Illinois Huskies in this one. 
I think I'm going to go with the Huskies, man. They're always tough. Always a 9-10 win team. Always play a tough Big Ten or, you know, ACC team yearly. Or even dip down here in the SEC. So, yeah, I'm going to give love to the uh, Northern Illinois Huskies. How about the Cactus Bowl? This will be the game of the day day after uh, Christmas. Kansas State going to play UCLA. I think UCLA is obviously going to have the advantage in this one. I think UCLA is a strong team. I believe that they are on the right track to go upwards. I think UCLA gets the job done in this one. Yep, UCLA, a waiting arrival, Chip Kelly. Uh, great school, uh, great area, Los Angeles. Further recruiting ground, you know, I'll be back soon. I'm going to go with the Bruins. I'm going to take the Bruins in this Completely agree. How about this one? A week from tonight, uh, 12.30 p.m. in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, Southern Mississippi, taking on the disappointing Florida State Seminoles. And even though they're disappointing, you got to take Florida State in this one. Uh, you know, Florida State obviously has the better, the better uh, athletes. Oh, they're loaded. They're loaded. Strictly on that one, I'm going to have to take Florida State in this one, and it probably won't be close. So maybe a yeah, good yeah. a good thing too. With all the L's Florida State's been taking this year on and off the field, Jimbo Fisher, I'm gonna have to go ahead and say that Florida State's year is gonna end on a good note. Yeah, they got more Jesse's than Joe's, man. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, you that's exactly right. Now for one of the more interesting uh bowl games in college football, the pinstripe bowl. This one takes place in New York, in Yankee Stadium, Iowa going to take on Boston College in this one. I, I mean, Boston College is looking pretty good this year. Iowa manages to beat Ohio State by 30 points, but what else have they done? I'm taking Boston College in this one. Man, I'm going to have to differ with you from your mic. I'm going to take uh, the Hawkeyes, man. Uh, they play tough. Kirk French, they got a, a big time coach. He got a time to prepare, man. He's gonna have him up and on. I'm gonna take the Hawkeyes. Hey, I certainly, you know, that's one of those games that you kind of—it's a pick 'em game. You're not oh, too yeah. sure who's gonna who's oh, yeah. gonna be able to pull that one out, but I—I right. I just feel like Boston College might have the advantage. Yeah, I was but gonna we're gonna. We're going to get started here. Colts-Ravens in the NFL is going to start us off. No Thursday night action this week. Saturday at 3.30 p.m., the Colts travel to Baltimore. Baltimore team that looks resurgent a little bit after losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They look like they got a little bit of their confidence back. I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens over the hapless Colts. And, Jim Mercer, go ahead and sell that franchise, please. Please. <laughs> Please, Ursay, you know, put put you know, put it to rest. For the city of Indy, you know, please sell that bridge. But for, for for the city of Indy and in the state of Indiana, please, I must agree, Mike. But yeah, you got a uh, a, a surgeon Ravens team with a real nasty defense. It's just what the doctor orders for the Ravens. You got a young quarterback with the inconsistent offense. At times can be explosive, but more often than not, struggle. So I'm going to give her the Ravens tonight. Then we got the Minnesota Vikings, who are competing, I believe, for the number two seed in the NFC. 
heading to Lambeau Field to take on the now, once again, Aaron Rodgers Green Bay Packers, and Brett Hundley is going to lead them into the game. I, I don't be- I believe at this point Brett Hundley's confidence, if he had any, is shot. The confidence I'm speaking of is probably was gained against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I'm going to have to go ahead and take the Minnesota Vikings in this one, and it's going to be a rout. Yeah. The Vikings, uh, they got a lot to play for. Been one of the hottest teams all year. I'm about to go with the Vikings. Well, Mike, starting off your Christmas Eve appetite here for NFL football, the, the Los Angeles Rams are traveling to Nashville, Tennessee, to take on the Tennessee Titans. Used to, that wouldn't be that big of a trip to uh, from St. Louis to, to Nashville, but now, you know, you're caught crossing time zones. I don't think it's going to affect them too much. The Rams are too good, I, and the Rams are going to keep moving on. Yeah, Tennessee's coming off a tough loss uh, by the hands of the 49ers at Levi Stadium, so I think they're down. Again, they expect they especially expected to come in and pretty much, you know, have their way with the young up younger Sergeant Forty Niners. So yeah, I think the Titans are probably kinda halfway cast it in. <laughs> Get my drill. This next pick for me is gonna be complete sarcasm and it's completely out of uh protest. But the uh Buffalo Bills travel to Foxburg to take on the New England Patriots and just because screw Tom Brady I hope the Bills just completely shove the football uh, down the throat of the New England Patriots. I'm going to take the Bills, but let's be honest, Tom Brady's going to win. I doubt that's going to happen, but it's going to be another blizzard bowl, so that's going to be the beauty. So you might – this game going to come down to uh, special teams and a solid running game. And that's one thing and Buffalo that's... can do, so – yeah, one. That's one thing Buffalo can pull off, especially the elements. I really want to Shady see the because yeah, yeah. So you you feed Shady thirty times and you know mix in a couple of packs and fast passes to your tight end, you gonna pretty much have nothing on the perimeter because it's gonna be tough. So and, you know you attack the middle of the field, you run the ball, you play field position. You know a nine to six game. You know. 10 to, you know, 13 to 9, one of those type games. There ain't going to be a lot of well, well, the Dolphins gave us the blueprint to beat Tom Brady, and we just handed it to the Bills. Just don't leave it open to interpretation this time, Buffalo, and you may be able to pick up a victory against Tom Brady. How about Soldier okay. Field on to what? How about Soldier Field on Christmas Eve? The Chicago Bears playing host to the Cleveland Browns. Two teams that really have nothing to play for at this point. I'm going to go ahead and take the Bears, though. I don't think the Browns are going to win a game this season. Let's be honest here. I'm not going to say they're going to tank it, but I don't think they will this year, man. They're playing hard and, you know, fighting, trying to change the culture, but I think they're going to go in 16. A battle for the NFC South has kind of emerged here. The Falcons taking on the heading to the Mercedes-Benz Superdome on Christmas Eve to spend their Christmas with the New Orleans Saints. 
I'm going to take the Saints in this one. The Falcons are kind of wishy-washy, especially if you watched this game last Monday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa had that game, and Atlanta managed to pull it out. I'm going to take the Saints. I just don't think the Falcons are strong, and they're definitely not what they were last year. Yeah, it's going to be tough to come in uh, the Mercedes-Benz Dome and supplant the surging uh, New Orleans Saints. I'm going to get the Saints the, the, the edge slightly in this game just because they're at home and just because Atlanta struggled as a lay. But, man, this is a big game. It's going to eliminate one of the one of the potential uh, division winners in the uh, NFC South. Well, and see, that's so one I, of the things – that's one of the things that Dallas needs to not happen. Well, actually, you know what? Excuse me. If Atlanta loses, this is a game that somebody's got to lose. So Dallas gets one half of what they need as far as one of them three teams needing to lose twice. If, if, so actually, you know what? This win. is good for Dallas. As long as they win. Somebody's got to win. Yep. As long as Dallas wins, like you say, well, it's going to happen. One of these teams got to lose. That's obvious. Exactly. I think I think they need Detroit to lose once, and then there's three teams, including the Saints and Falcons, that need to lose twice. Just one of those three teams needs to lose twice, and then the Lions need to lose once for it to happen. And this week, the Lions take on the Bengals. The Lions are going to beat the Bengals, let's be honest. So Dallas is going to have to bite their fingernails for at least one more week so, as the Lions so are going to beat the Bengals. So that's what you're telling me. You telling me if the Lions win out, they go. If the Lions right. win out, they go. If the Lions win out, they'll be in the playoffs, and Dallas will be out. And they'll be the sixth seed. I believe yes, they would be the final seed in. Wow. Hey man, Dallas might win out, and the Lions might win out. Exactly, and then there will be a lot of disappointed fans and pissed-off fans at Ezekiel Elliott, uh, you know, for the rest of the for for the rest of the off season. Well, this Ezekiel thing, man, I guess it depends who y'all you talk to. The dude ain't been convicted of nothing, man. I'm not condoning nothing he did or whatever he did or violence against women, none of that. But was he convicted in the court of law? What the hell are they stepping in? For? I don't get that. That's just kind of confusing. Uh, I think it stepped in just because of the accusation and how it, you know, once again, protect the shield. They want to uh, be able to uh, distance themselves from and show a track record that stuff like that is not acceptable. Man. Right. You protect the shield, but you won't consistently protect your players. Okay, I get it. I see your point. I see your point. And you have vague rules, Damon NFL. (laughs) Right. Anytime I can get a shot at the NFL at this point, I'm going to take it because of that game. But no, that's right. uh, We got the we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to Carolina to play the Panthers. Tampa Bay played Atlanta tough this last Monday night. And do you see any way that Tampa keeps it up and maybe find some way to squeak out a victory against Carolina this uh, Sunday? I'm going to tell you, man, the beginning of the year, Tampa was my Tampa was my sleeper to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Tampa Bay. My Super Bowl was active, Tampa Bay and Oakland. 
Well, I mean, come on now. They were the most talented team in the NFC. Yeah, exactly. On paper, you're like, dude, I mean, if they could figure, they could get together, get their chemistry down and, you know, the time and all those kind of things, they'll be real dangerous, but it never happened. It never happened. But my point is, they're still a talented team that played a lot oh, yeah. to, you know, that took them to the brink, you know, last Monday night, I think. So I think they're going to show up and play hard, man. They haven't quit, obviously. I think they're going to play hard. They got an opportunity to win. How about this one? Miami going to go to Kansas City, still trying to play spoiler a little bit to the Chiefs. The Chiefs are all of a sudden finding themselves potentially out of the AFC playoffs. Uh, I think the Dolphins can easily go into Arrowhead at this point and beat a demoralized Chiefs team. Man, you talking about one of the biggest just collapses, collapses in modern sports histories. <laughs> And one that may cost Andy Reid his job. I think it will. I honestly think it will, unfortunately. uh, I mean, it's unfortunate, but let's be honest. At this point, Andy probably should be gone if this collapse does hold up and they don't make the playoffs after starting 5-0. Yeah, that's that's tough. The interview wants to kind of pull for him. You know Alex Smith and all that kind of stuff, but if 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 it's alter ego shows up, they're gonna be eliminated. Exactly. You know exactly. How about this one? The Broncos. How about this one? The Broncos gonna travel to D.C. to take on the Redskins. The Redskins still have Kirk Cousins. That's one thing that the Broncos don't have is a great quarterback under center. I'm gonna go ahead and take the Washington Redskins in this one. It's funny you say that. Uh, I wouldn't doubt if Elway takes this guy out to dinner because let's remember he's a free agent. What does Denver need? Denver needs a quarterback. A quarterback. So he will be, his agent will be on this guy's speed down some of the season over with. So it may tell his defensive player, don't hurt your future quarterback, please. <laughs> <laughs> right. For the love of God, take it a little easier when you hit him. Yeah, Act like he has a red jersey on. Yeah, thank you. You know, we're going to keep the integrity of the game intact. We're going to play ball, but please don't hurt him or, you know, affect what we're about to do. But I'm going to take I'm gonna take uh, Washington in this one. That's their future. Mm-hmm. How about the Chargers the looking good? How about the Chargers looking good until they ran into the Kansas City Chiefs last week? Taking on, heading to the Meadowlands to take on the New York Jets. I mean, both teams are looking like they're lost at this point. But, I mean, Phillip Rivers, I believe you can't ever count him out in a match against a lesser opponent. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Chargers to get the victory in this one. Yeah, KC uh, cooled them off. They're one of the hottest teams in the league. Still got a chance to win the division. I'm going to take. Uh, I'm going to take San Diego, man. I hate how Henry's agree. out with a lacerated kidney, but, you know, that's why they draft other players to step up. And here's one that's going to be watched in this household and yours as well, Mike. The streak, the winning streak of the current San Francisco 49ers quarterback, Woo! 
Jimmy Garoppolo Ooh. is in grave peril this Ooh. weekend as they host the potential number two or three seed in the AFC playoffs. And yes, you are listening correctly. The Jacksonville Jaguars are the potential two or three seed in the AFC playoffs. Uh, I hate to do it to Jimmy, but Jacksonville's going to win this game, and Jacksonville, it's not going to be pretty. Not so fast, my friend. You still got a young man by the name of Blake Bortles at the helmet quarterback. Now, he's looking a lot better. He's figured it out. But one thing about San Francisco, we have a pretty formidable front seven. So we're going to put a lot of pressure on him and hope he makes mistakes. And the one thing about Jimmy Garoppolo, he he exudes confidence in the team. So, yeah, more talent on the Jacksonville team, yeah. Supposed to win on paper, yeah. I'm going to give the, the Niners the nod by less than three. The last yeah, thing hey, go once again. He got that confidence from a certain shady organization up in New England. Kapowie. <laughs> <laughs> How about the Seahawks going to uh, Dallas to take on the Dallas Cowboys? I believe is Zeke back this week or is it next week that he's going to be back? He's back this week. That's what I thought. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give the Cowboys the edge. I think the Seahawks are uh, starting to kind of fall apart a little bit here at the end. They don't have Richard Sherman anymore because of injury. I'm I just have a feeling the Cowboys are going to continue the win streak and uh, try to keep themselves alive for another week. Yeah. I, I honestly think the Cowboys are all here. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks are really. And I was shocked if uh, old Pete Curl tried to sneak out the back door. I wouldn't doubt that either. You know, Pete, Pete probably won't do it this year, but next year if a high-profile college football job opens, we may be talking about Pete Carroll moving back to the college ranks. Uh, I mean, I could yeah. really see that. And now yeah. uh, the late game, or quote-unquote the late game, we don't really have a late game on Christmas Eve. The Giants are going to go to Phoenix to take on the Cardinals. Eli Manning and company don't look good. The Cardinals don't necessarily look good, but they look good enough to beat the Giants in this one. I got to take the Cardinals at home. Man, I'm going to take old Eli, man. I think Eli going to surprise some people. He put up some big numbers last week. He's going to be in the desert, so the weather ain't going to too much, too much be an element. I'm going to relax and, you know, deliver the ball to the few playmakers they got left. <laughs> you got a point. You got a point. Well, Mike, uh, the NFL is giving us a little bit of a Christmas present this week. The uh, should be number one seed in the AFC, Pittsburgh Steelers, are traveling to Houston to take on the Texans at, at I believe it's three thirty on Christmas. Pittsburgh, obviously, I think, is going to come in focused, frustrated with what happened last week. And I think Pittsburgh rolls Houston up pretty good. Yeah, that might be a slaughter. Unfortunately, a talented Houston team that's been decimated by injuries, man, once again. The perennial all-star J.J. Watt, the young star and Deshaun Watson. I mean. I believe Jadavion's out again. Yeah, the Jadavion Clown, which has been up and down. A few of the stuff, linebackers been hurt, been hurt in secondary. But, man, you know what? It's hard, but it's fair because, you know, everybody experiences, especially in the NFL. So, you know, oh, ain't, yeah. no organization, ain't no organization feeling sorry for the Knicks. 
because they're competing year and, in year out. So, and you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going in without their one of their best offensive weapons. You know, Antonio Brown. I'm not quite sure that you know Pittsburgh is going to need somebody to step up. I believe that might have to be Martavis Bryant. But we are going to need somebody to step up, and I'm sure that's what Mike Tomlin's going to use this game as to see who's going to step up and make that number and step into that number one receiver role. Will it be Juju Smith-Schuster, or will it be Martavis Bryant? I don't know, but it's a blessing to have you know tougher receivers like y'all do, especially with you know you can bring a a, a relief pitcher, if you will, off the bench and a Martavis Bryant, which was just right? just what a month and a half ago about not getting the ball. Now see how it works. You get all the balls you want, my friend. And you, you know, better catch how, every single always, one of them. Yeah, yeah. That's why they say you got to be a pro. I mean, when your number's called, you have to be ready to go because it's going to be called at some point. So it's a blessing to have a bunch of weapons like that, man. I, you know, I got admiration for Pittsburgh. I like Mike Tomlin. I think they got a bunch of weapons, a young defense, but it's no reason this team shouldn't at least be in the AFC Championship. With a, I completely agree. Super Bowl 52, so we'll see. I completely agree with that statement. But, Mike, the final game of the week, Monday night, 7.30 p.m., is almost a little bit of a head-scratcher to me, so I'm going to let you go first. We got the Oakland Raiders, Marshawn Lynch, Derek Carr, taking on the uh, Carson Wentz list, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Nick Foles has looked good, but the Eagles did not look good against the New York Giants. Their defense looked oh, actually did. quite terrible against the New York oh, Giants. This it's one's a head-scratcher. It is. The Eagles did. They look lost. And, oh, they look bad. They look bad. You know, the Eagles' stock is plummeting right now. Yeah, it is. It, it, it really uh, is. Um, I mean, right now, my head, the Eagles, because they're at home, but or my heart says Eagles because they're at home, but my head is on my saying Oakland Raiders. So I'm going to go with my head in this one. I'm going to take the Raiders to pull off the upset in Philadelphia on Christmas and send a lot of Philadelphia fans home without a Christmas present. Oakland beats Philly. Oakland could possibly go down and win that game and clinch the division. Yeah, there's a lot happens. on the line for both Oakland. teams. Oh, yeah, it's a lot at stake. I'm going to go with Oakland. That's definitely going to be an interesting one to watch. Well, Mike, we're going ahead and we, we've been through all the action. We recap just about everything that's happened in the sports world this last week. Is there anything else you wanted to get to that we missed? No, man, I wanted to uh, rewind back to uh, the, the the Bobby Portis-led Chicago Bulls. They won six straight games, man. If you notice, once Amirtok kind of buried the hatchet, they really started winning. So I tip my hat to Chicago, man, for playing ball and not tanking as people expected them to with such a young team. Go Bobby. Oh, yeah. Go Hogs. Oh, yeah, definitely. You got to give it up to Chicago. And, I mean, you know, they even have a story – and this just speaks to professionalism as far as Bobby Portis and the other gentlemen. I, they don't speak off the court, but they're playing like freaking teammates on the court. So you got you to gotta give it to them on that one. 
Yeah, you do, for being professionals, you know. Well, Mike, I don't think we're going to be back before Christmas. I don't think we're going to be back before Monday, so I definitely want to take the time to tell everybody out there that's listening, Merry Christmas. Don't forget, we're off next week as far as the American Idiot Show. We will not have a show on Christmas or the following week on New Year's Eve. So Mike and Mike will be, uh, but Mike and Mike will be back. Excuse me, one week from tonight, we're going to be discussing all the past week in the NFL. We're going to be talking about all the past weekend sports, including breaking down these bowl game results that we went over tonight. Mike, once again, same to you. Merry Christmas, and we hope you have a Merry good Christmas, week. My man. Much love, my man. Have a good one. God bless America. God bless, and we'll talk to you next week. This has been Mike and Mike at Night on Talk Radio 49.